Welcome to Green Conversations with me, Jeanette Fitzsimons. I'm sitting under the pecan trees at our farm with a bunch of young Greens who've asked me to tell some stories about my time in Parliament. The next few episodes record some anecdotes which haven't been told before from my time in Parliament in various relationships with the Labour government. This one looks at the budget process and the political deals that go into it. Now we move to the 1999 to 2002 term, where we're not in opposition to a national government, we're in cooperation and a confidence and supply agreement with a Labour government. And part of our verbal confidence and supply agreement with Labour in 99 was that the Greens would be able to put up budget initiatives in the same way that Labour ministers did and get some important Green things funded. This was a constitutional first. I think throughout the world, people who are not part of government don't get things funded in the budget. But our support was important to them, so that was agreed. It was one of many thing, many constitutional changes that we pioneered in that first term in a support relationship with Labour. So caucus members consulted with their constituencies and came up with ideas and we put forward a list that totaled $15 million. It was deliberately modest. $15 million isn't, is hardly enough to even show up on the government's balance sheet. But what we wanted to show was that you could achieve transformative change with very little money. At least that's where you start. The first environmental legal aid fund, which is still going, start-up money, for an affordable small growers organic certification scheme, which is still going and we're members of it. A budget increase for ECA to implement uh, what had gone through in my bill. Money for DOC to run conservation awareness programs in the community, which ended up being really popular. A small fund to start work on national resource accounting. That was interesting. That captured the interest of the bureaucrats. Different ways of measuring economic success natural resources and well-being. And the bureaucrats themselves applied for more money through the budget process every year and expanded it. And there's been a whole work stream going on in Treasury and Ministry for the Environment. And they published the results a few times and that led towards the well-being budgets which are going to start this year. So that was the seed for that idea that we measure our success differently. Crucially, our senior researchers, Roland Sapsford and Deb Moran, had got agreements with the relevant ministers and they had signed off letters agreeing to our initiatives within their portfolio areas because they were in charge of their budgets. The first indication of trouble was a phone call to Rod from Jim Anderson's Chief of Staff, Andrew Ladley, to say that a party outside the coalition couldn't possibly have budget initiatives. So whatever had been agreed was moot. It just wasn't done anywhere. Oh, said Rod sweetly, but we have ministers' agreements in writing. We got our list in on time before Christmas, and then in the new year, nothing. We heard nothing back. We couldn't get a meeting with Michael Cullen, the Minister of Finance. Nobody could find out what was happening to our budget bids. Finally, in April, remember the budget's in May, in April, we got a meeting with Michael Cullen and Rod and myself and Roland. As we walked in, Michael looked serious. 
Jeanette, I'm sorry, but the budget has already gone to print. Thousands of copies have been printed. We can't reprint it all at this stage. It's just not possible. You see, I gave your bids to the Associate Minister of Finance, Trevor Mallard, and he didn't quite understand what they were, and they got lost on his desk. Lost? Even my desk isn't that bad. But I was new enough to negotiating with governments and to people of strategic um, nous of Michael Cullen to think, well, possibly this was true. So I looked at Michael and I said with obvious bewilderment, but we've agreed to vote for your budget and you're saying that there's going to be nothing in it for the Green constituency? He looked at me for quite a while and there was a twinkle in his eye and a twitch at the corner of his mouth. Well, Jeanette, he said, we might be able to find a little bit of wiggle room. We could fund them out of the supplementary estimates, which go through the House a bit later in July, but we could still announce them on Budget Day because actually they're too small to be a separate line item in the budget anyway. They'll be subsumed under other headings. And I said, oh, that's fine. I don't mind how you fund them as long as we get to announce a green budget package on Budget Day. And so it was agreed. I still didn't get it. Then the one minister from whom we didn't have a signed letter was Jim Sutton. So I had to go to Jim and say, you know, can you sign this letter agreeing to the organics initiatives that are in here? And he said, you've got 20 minutes to convince me before I have to get my plane. So I started with the persuasion, organics is the way of the future. Look, he says, I don't see any reason why I should support something for a party that's threatened to bring the government down. I said, what? We've never done anything like that. What are you talking about? Of course we're going to vote for the budget. We're simply asking you to honour the good faith agreement that we had with you when we agreed to support you. He looked at me for quite a while and then he said, all right, give it here, I'll sign it. And he went to catch his plane. I still didn't twig what was going on until we were leaked the story that Jim Anderton in Cabinet had thumped the table and said, it's not possible for the Greens to have budget initiatives. They're not part of government. They're not ministers. This is unconstitutional. I will not agree to it. So I can only imagine the scene when Michael went back to Cabinet and said, look, I'm sorry, but the Greens aren't going to vote for the budget if they don't get their initiatives. He knew that was wrong, but I'd said just enough for him to pretend that I had threatened him. So it was, and on Budget Day, you know, there's a whole ritual on Budget Day. The minister comes in, he's got a new tie and the party's colours every time he walks into the house and everybody's there. It's a great sort of performance thing. And um, first of all, he goes round the front desks and he presents the Labour's budget all done up in a red folder to each party leader as he goes round. So as he handed... Rod and me, the budget. We handed him a green folder wrapped in flax. 
and said, and Michael, here are the green budget initiatives that you're going to announce in a few minutes. <laughs> it had already been given to the press gallery under embargo. And was that a wink I, I imagined when I presented it to Michael? Anyway, that set a precedent for all future budgets if we were giving confidence and supply, but not if we were opposing, to get budget initiatives. So that was another way in which we pioneered a whole new constitutional arrangement. My thanks to Hans Buter, who recorded this podcast, and to Finn Kennedy, who edited it.